Welcome to uh, the Chelsea Fancast, the preview show. In fact, it is Friday. It is seven o'clock almost, uh, which of course means it can only be the Chelsea Fancast preview show. And I, of course, am Stamford Chidge, raring to go for the second match of the season. And joining me, as always, the lovable old rogue that is Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Less of the old, please. Happy with rogue. Less of old, please. The young rogue. The the roguette. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, just, you know, setting the markers before we start. Great to be on the show. Um, looking forward to it immensely. Mm, good, good. And who do we have uh, joining us tonight, Mr. Kidd? Well, funnily enough, we have the fantastically excellent housewife's choice himself. <laughs> Mr. Clayton Beerman. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Fresh from his holiday. Fresh from New York. Fresh, fresh my holiday. And Brown as a berry. I have a, t- I have a, I have a beautiful tan, as all the podcast people can see. You do. You look very well. I did comment on that earlier, and it's absolutely delightful to have you back with us tonight, mate. We've got the the senior, Good the to senior be here. team. I'm, 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 lo- I'm looking forward to uh, spreading my misery with Good. everybody. Good. That's what, that's what I love about you, Clayton. Uh, Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan, who else have we got on the show? We have a journalist well, on Fridays. Who we have we got tonight? Funnily enough, uh, um, uh, somebody of equal measure. In fact, um, I'd go so far to say uh, um, possibly very equal because they work for the same. Um, um, uh, what's the word? Publisher. Uh, uh, no, I'm trying to think of a really you know groovy, trendy word. Media organisation. Exactly. There we are. There we have it. Well done, Chidge. Thanks very much. There. Media organisation and uh, who has been on fire this uh, this uh, pre-season. Uh, on Twitter with his fantastically incisive views on the club. And it is, of course, Football London's Adam Newson. Mm, lovely to see Adam. You well, Adam? I'm good, guys. Thank you very much for having me back. It's been a, been a good summer. Good. Yes, you two are looking well, actually, which is, as dear old Ray Wilkins would say, dangerously well. I used to love it when Ray, Ray used to say that. But we all are. I mean, I don't know why we all went a bit kind of play school earlier on. I was almost tempted to say, who have we got through the square window tonight, JK? Maybe I'll do that next week. Anyway, let's get cracking. And as we've got Adam on for the next 20 minutes or so, uh, I feel duty-bound to talk about the presser first um you know as ever not not, not much of earth shattering you know interest or news really or may, maybe maybe not i mean obviously the first thing really we got to address is lukaku adam which um you know the big man returned this week i've done my late quick plug for me done my latest column for adams uh, football.london on the return of lukaku uh, which hopefully will come out tomorrow. But it's uh, the interesting thing about that is I've got some quotes from Kerry Dixon. I spoke to Kerry about it this week. And, of course, he's arguably our greatest ever number nine. And also our old mate, Sheridan Bird, who is a Milan-based football journalist. And actually, Adam won't know this, but Sheridan was the first person to be on the Chelsea fan cast nearly 13 and a half years ago. So there we go. So, I, again, somebody else I've made famous, basically, but not that I'm bragging. Anyway, Lukaku's back, Adam. Um, and the interesting thing in the presser was that Tuchel says he's likely to start. Is he teasing us or do you think he's going to start? I think he'll start him. Um, partly because he basically said after uh, the Palace win that when you spend this kind of money on a player, you have to start him, essentially. Um, but also because I think if you look at, uh, you look at that Brentford game, 
uh, that Arsenal played a week ago, how even Tony was able to really cause that uh, Arsenal defence problems with his physicality. Um, I think it's a bit of a no-brainer. You kind of have to start Romelu Lukaku in this. Um, With Pulisic being uh, COVID-19 done. Yes. Yeah, he tested positive in midweek. Hasn't been training since uh, since Wednesday. He wasn't. Well, he was at the stadium for the open training session, but then he had to leave. Um, but yes, so I went. It's, it's a shame. Sorry. Could we, could, I was going to say, could we, could we have some sort of um, bet as to the next thing that's actually going to keep Christian Pulisic out of the side? <laughs> uh, well, I, I would perhaps bet on it being Lukaku. Actually, but you know, other than that, I I, I want just wanted to say, Adam, about the training session. I know I've got I'll, we might talk about it a bit later, but we'll we'll save the talk about it until later. But I I just wish that Christian Pulisic had gone over to that prick who abused Werner and given him a big tonguing, and then and slabbered all over him and gave him a dose of the COVID as well, because that would have been righteous. But anyway, uh, so Lukaku. I think it would be stupid if we didn't start him. We're so desperate for a proper striker. It would be thoroughly taking the piss not to. And he's obviously had a pre-season with Inter Milan, so he's clearly fit. Um, the, I mean, the question we've been asking all week, and we talked about this a lot on Monday, didn't we, JK? I mean, obviously, if Lukaku starts, but what happens with everybody else? Because, you know, we've got all of these players, Werner, I mean, OK, Pulisic is out, but Werner, Pulisic, Havertz, Mount, uh, Ziyech, and, of course... Hudson Adoy, and we were talking very much around maybe if we don't get another striker in, which looks likely, then perhaps uh, Tuchel will kind of view Werner and Havertz as his auxiliary strikers. So maybe that takes it down to maybe one place or two places for four players. But I mean, how do you think it's going to fit? How do you think it's going to work? Will it mean a system change or, or you know, a formation change? I don't think it will mean a formation change immediately. Um, Tuchel has hinted that the signing of Lukaku gives Chelsea the chance to go with two up top um, in a sort of 3-5-2 or a 3-4-1-2 if you want to get all that. Um, But I think for this one, we'll see the three. I mean, it wouldn't be hugely surprising if Werner was to start on the left of that three. Um, It's where he played a lot last season. He played better off a, of a more physical striker, RB Leipzig. So that's something to consider. Um, but then, of course, if you do start Werner in one of those positions, that then leaves only one for for other lads. And I think this is going to be incredibly interesting to see how Thomas Tuchel handles it this season. Um, he came in last year in January and had that window of opportunity and that grace period, really, to where he said, I'm going to have a look at everybody. And that was a good way of... of Bracing a lot of players for the fact they were going to be rotated in and out and they and they might have a spell out the team, but the guarantee was there that they would all play. This season, he's not going to have that luxury. And I think that's going to be incredibly interesting in terms of how he handles that this year because the fact is Lukaku will play more often than he won't. Um, and then, you, yeah, you've got five guys competing for two spots. Um, you feel Mason Mount is the player of the year. It would be incredibly harsh to to take him out of the team. Uh, Kai Havertz has obviously scored the goal that won the Champions League. Um, but then Timo Werner does have his qualities and Hakim Ziyech has had an excellent pre-season. So, uh, and I haven't even mentioned Hudson-Odoi. So. Well, I, I just quickly, JK, I, I think Hudson-Odoi, Tuchel in his head maybe have solved that problem by deciding that uh, Hudson-Odoi is actually a wing-back. 
but that maybe we'll have to wait for another day. J.K., you did want to pop. But in which case, Rhys James then doesn't play, does he? It's it's yeah. it's, it's a tricky or, or Aspie. I mean, or, it's indeed, indeed. No, I just wonder whether this fundamentally changed the style of the team and whether this was going to be uh, something that would be difficult for them to implement, playing with an out-and-out striker. Or is it that he just folds himself into the fabric of the whole thing and just plays exactly as if he was playing in a Havertz role, but is slightly more forward? I don't know. I can't at the moment work out how it's going to happen. When it's 3-5-2, what happens? They're still still playing the three at the back. We're still playing with the two... um, uh, with the two wing backs, but you just they're more out and out forwards, are they? Rather than having uh, three, four, two, one, which is um, what happens, you then play one less in the midfield and you play, you just play the, the out and out striker. Does that not, though, affect the main way that they've been playing? I find this this intriguing as to what, in fact, actually evolves. You know, it is, it, was this what Frank tried to do with playing Abraham and Werner together originally? Because he seemed to actually flourish a bit in that environment, didn't he, Werner? So. I think I think at times, yeah, but I think uh, Timo was still a bit more wide than he would be in a in a two up top. Um, right, right, right. I think from the, I was fortunate enough to be on uh, the Romelu Lukaku press conference on on Wednesday, um, and something he spoke about was the fact that he's played in a very similar system to this with Inter, obviously uh, in a three five two under Conte, and with Belgium he's also played uh, in a three four three or three four two one, so he knows what the role entails. Um, probably better than most strikers that Chelsea could have got. Um, so I think he'll just fold into to Tuchel's system. Obviously, there's intricacies and, and little wrinkles to learn within it, but um, I have no real concerns that he's going to thrive in it. Um, I'm just interested to see how he how he fits in because it wouldn't surprise me if at times we see Chelsea play with split strikers with a false nine because Lukaku is excellent coming in off the right. Um Werner's very good at coming in off the left. And if you've got a Ziyech or a Mount in that false nine position, feeding in the ball, then Chelsea could have a lot of joy. Um, so that'll be something that I think we'll see at some point. But um, I think we'll probably see the more traditional three against Arsenal on Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? I mean, the other option that we've often discussed, and, and I know I haven't had the chance to discuss it with Clayton yet, so I shall, I shall ask him. I mean, I've got a theory, Clayton, that, you know, Ultimately, you kind of got to play your best players, and 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 I I I'm, I've got a huge amount of love for Havertz, and I've got a huge amount of love for Mason Mount, and I would love to find a way to accommodate both of them. And I I've been wondering for a while. I mean, I think I might have even written about this about I don't know six to nine months ago. What the possibility is of perhaps moving uh, Mason Mount deeper, more into the midfield. Because I think he's more than capable of doing that, like a like a proper number eight, actually, in old money. I think he's box to box. I think he can pass, you know, short and long. He can tackle. He can run. I mean, maybe that's how we we accommodate it going forward. I don't know what you think about that. Um, he's he's played there before, and I don't think he's particularly sparkled in that position. But um, who knows? I mean, the coach is a he's obviously a great coach and a great man manager. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, that is a possibility. But one of the other possibilities is habits dropping a bit deeper. I mean, I didn't sort of, obviously I didn't watch his previous club every week. Um, but it seems to me that he he's the guy that possibly could link the, the midfield and the attack by playing behind Lukaku. Um, I think it's all very interesting. As Adam said, and I think there is the option that, that Lukaku will play 
all three positions um, in that front uh, front line. Um, I'm going to be really interested to, to see him play, to be perfectly honest. I, I, I'm going to hold my hands up and I'm going to admit something which will probably not go down well with our listeners. Is that I, I've just... I, I mean, obviously, I haven't seen him play for a long time. I'm just completely underwhelmed by the signing. I know it's what we need. I know he's scored a lot of goals, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't know. I, I think I just need to see him. I need to see him. I need to see him destroy uh, Arsenal's back four in the way that uh, DDA did against Senderos and sort of, you know, like implanted on their brains. Because I just, I don't know. I can't... I, uh, we need a striker and we've got a striker and I just hope it works out. That's, I'm just very underwhelmed by it. Mm. I'm probably the only person. Well, no, not really. I mean, I, I, I would have been too, which is why, uh, Adam, I phoned up my old mate Sheridan, who has watched most of uh, Lukaku's career at Inter. And uh, if you read my piece tomorrow, uh, Clayton, you'll you'll see how I, I've changed my view on that. Right, we've got a lot of news to get through, so I'm going to be very quick. Are you not allowed to give us a clue, Chidge, as to what Senderos didn't... No, I, didn't, I, would, never, I would never phone up Senderos unless it was to hurl abuse at him, JK. <laughs> but your mate... Tell him you're DDA Drogba. Because at the moment, you're, you're, you're forcing us to look at the Football I know. London article. I know. Whereas, could you not give us a little hint what was in yeah, the Football I can article? tell you, it's got lots of words in it. Yeah, that's good. I like okay. that. Um, but he was positive. Kerry? What he, did Kerry think? Kerry was underwhelmed. But, uh, you know, Kerry's always the same. He says, you know, I, I'll see it when I believe it. He, Kerry's a little bit like Clayton, actually. But he made some really interesting points about how he's got to fit in with the team and they've got to provide the service to him. I'm saying no more because you're, like, you're making me give it all oh, away. you're such a tease. Um, I'm moving on. I'm moving on because Chaloba, I think this is great news because we were talking about this on Monday, weren't we, JK? And yeah. we didn't know at the time. Uh, but of course, a few well, days... Clayton, Clayton suggested he'd be out on loan. I said, well, we Clayton, all thought be yeah. out on loan. Yeah. but he's he's, he's staying. He's absolutely yeah. been, you know, confirmed, hasn't it, Adam, by Tuchel in the press of today? But actually, the news came out yesterday. I have to say, I, I find that fantastic news. But what does it mean with Kunde or whatever his name is? Are the club still interested in getting him in? Uh, yeah, there's something they're still looking at. Um, I think it'll be very much dependent on on Kurt Zuma now um, and what happens with him. If Zuma doesn't go out, um, all accounts are he wants to stay in London and there is some interest from Tottenham, so maybe that happens. But um, but if he stays, then I don't see Chelsea bringing in Kunde. Um, it's a great story with Trevor Chalobah, um, a real testament to, to his uh, his ability, his dedication, to his work ethic, to his perseverance more than anything as well. He's pretty much jumped through every hoop Chelsea would want from him. Um and has come back to the first team and made a real impact. And I think it would have been incredibly harsh to, to still send him out on loan. I know that was a plan, well, you know, a little over a week ago at the yeah. start of last week, basically. Um, so it's been quite the transformation. But to be honest, had Tuchel sort of stood firm on his initial plan to send him out on loan, I personally think that would have sent a really bad message to a lot of players because Chalabur has done the loans. He's come back in pre-season. You know, there's a bit of fortune to this because it was the summer with the Euros. And he, you know, had that not happened, maybe he doesn't get a spot at all and, and is sent out on loan. But he's come back, had a strong preseason, made a couple of appearances, looked absolutely fantastic, perfectly at home in that team. And what else could he be done at that point? And if Chelsea had said, sorry, no, you've still got to go out on loan, I think that would have said an awful message to a lot of players. So, you no know, credit to Tuchel, credit to Chelsea, and then most of all, credit to Trevor Chalaber and 
it's a great story and i'm really pleased for him yeah i, I mean i think it, it, it's it i said on the show on monday so i won't go into it all over again but in short i think it's hugely important that another youngster gets through into the first team from the academy because it proves that the door is still open and that Tuchel has not shut it and none of us really knew whether he would or not Adam yeah and just on that um after his press conference today in the embargo section he spoke about that a lot um and I've got a piece coming on Football London tomorrow morning um, which you can read with that, but I genuinely can't say anything because it's involved. No, you... I don't say anything either. No, no. Well, what I, I didn't. Program. I'm... What has this program become? <laughs> nobody, nobody says anything. <laughs> Sit back and say, "I've got something coming up." What? Oh, brilliant! We, we, we... But it's like the bloody X Files. Brilliant. The truth is out. No, hang on. The truth is out there, but only tomorrow. Thank you. Um, are we getting a, a midfielder? Is that likely? Is that because um, he mentioned this that they were scouting early on in one of his presses about three weeks ago? They were still scouting a midfielder, creative midfielder. Is this likely, or was that has that gone by the by? Has Ampadu impressed enough to become this midfielder? Is that good uh, enough, or is Ampadu out on loan again? I don't think it's out of the question at Chelsea bringing another midfielder. I think it's kind of if a deal falls into their lap at this point, or is or is very much easily done, they'll probably do it. Um, I thought it was interesting today, actually, Tuchel said that um, Chelsea had, or him and his coaching team had discussed the fact that Trevor Chalobah could play in midfield. And he said, you know, along the lines of maybe he could be the fourth midfielder, Um, which is good for him. But then my initial response or feeling was, "Mm, what about Ethan Ampadu and what about Ruben Loftus-Cheek? In that case, that doesn't necessarily suggest they'll be staying around too much. Another thing that worried me when I went on Tuesday and watched the... uh... Um, the training session was um, there was Zappa Costa still hanging about. What's happening there? I uh, yeah, he's still here. Um, he hasn't been given a squad number though, so oh, um, right, 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 right. So my feeling is that Chelsea are still trying to move him on. Um, but yeah, he he was, I think, probably the biggest shock in that training session. Um, he was prominent. I thought, bloody hell, who's that guy? Zappa Costa. He's looking quite good. I thought <laughs> he's he's. I've never, we, you know, Zappa Costa is a perfectly fine player. Um, but, Italian international. Yeah. yeah, you know, he's got his, he's got his qualities. But yeah, for me, I think probably one to move on from at this point. Oh, please, please. Adam. Oh, God help us, please. I mean, look, look, just to wrap up this bit, because you've got to go to part two in a minute. But um, the other news really, Adam, was that... Um, uh, as we said earlier on, Pulisic has got COVID. Of course, we know that Loftus-Cheek has as well. And Kante and Ziyech should both be in the squad. Do you think they'll play on Saturday? Well, do you think Kante will play on Saturday? I don't think he'll risk Ziyech if he's just had his shoulder pop out. Uh, I think if Kante's ready enough to go, he'll start. Yeah. I think he's the most indispensable player in this Chelsea team. Still. And the best. And the best. But I still think he has to be wrapped up in cotton wool. But, I mean, I, I would bring him out for the big games. And the reality is, Arsenal's still a big game. Um the other quote, just very, very quickly, because we mentioned it earlier on about, you know, hopefully Pulisic gave COVID to that knobhead who, who shouted abuse to Werner at the open training session. What did you, I mean, were you there on Wednesday? No, sadly not. I was planning on, but then the trains were a complete shambles. I couldn't get there from where I am. But um, I managed to watch a session through, through Chelsea streaming it. So, so yeah, it was, a, it was a nice thing. I'm sure JK can obviously talk about it more than me, but just to... to for the fans to, to be there and to see Lukaku in the fresh in, in the flesh, even um, he was good. He, he gave a he's very assured. He gave a very good speech, Lukaku. He's a um, clever PR. It's a very clever PR 
uh, incident, the whole thing incident. Well, um, apart, apart from the knobhead who said Werner Gauw. Well, opportunity, didn't it? That was the trouble. They wanted they wanted platitudes as responses because it was a bit lowest common denominator. It was a bit, you know, everybody make some noise. All of that. From, you were there, from, yeah? Yeah, I was there, yeah. You're such from, a fanboy. I can't help myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was, uh, it, it, you know, it, it it was some euphoric. Everybody was really pleased to be there. But you're you're playing with fire if you then go in and ask, you know, people to um, what do they think of what's going on? And he, he put forward his view that probably lots of us actually believe, but you're not going to say it in an environment where the player is about 15 yards away from you. And uh, and he got a lot of love, Timo, as a consequence yeah. of that. There was a huge amount of Timo Timo going on. Yeah. So he, it was it was crass and appalling, and that. The girl fan who got up and abused. Well, him. that's Frankie, was, my mate Frankie. I know, was girlfriend. Fantastic, yeah. fan, brilliant. Good for her. She's Absolutely. a good egg, mate, and uh, I'm kind of pleased it was her because you know it was the right thing to do. Somebody should have ironed him out, basically. But that, we should. Well, I was told that, like that uh, I, was, I, I saw on Twitter that um, they said that uh, he was given a slap outside. No, he, he ran away to a taxi. I don't think he got a slap. Oh, did he? Okay. Anyway, enough of that. Otherwise, I'll I'll be getting a slap too. Um, right, Adam. As always, delightful to see you on a Friday. Uh, we're going to see you for a, for a, quite a few Fridays going forward, aren't we? I'm very pleased to see. And uh, there we go. So, uh, yeah, great to see you. Um, I shall look forward to reading your piece that is embargoed tomorrow. Uh, and uh, <laughs> if people have time, they can read my piece too. But Adam, have a great weekend, mate, and we'll see you next week. You too, guys. Take care. Yes, Adam. Lovely stuff. Right, we'll be back in a minute or two and we will be speaking to our Opposition View guest who is a lovely old friend of mine called Dave Seeger from Gunnerstown. We'll be back in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night, the Friday night preview show, even. And uh, I've got JK with me. How are you, JK? Uh, excellent, thanks. Really enjoying lovely. myself. And uh, the lovely Clayton Beerman. Evening. Great stuff. Now, uh, as you all know, it's time for this. The Opposition View. That's right. It's the Opposition View. And I'm really, really delighted uh, to say we've got this week uh, my old sidekick from the Love Sport days, um, which were great, great fun. And I tried to get him last season, but as it all panned out, Arsenal games were in midweek or something. So I I never had the opportunity but I have this season so early on. It's brilliant. We've got the lovely Dave Seeger from Gunnerstown on. Hello, Dave. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. Thank you for inviting me. It's my, my pleasure. Thank you for it. <laughs> I'm sure you're looking forward to it more than I am. <laughs> no, I see. I, 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 well, indeed. I mean, I, I, can, I can confirm that actually Dave has turned down many requests from uh, other Chelsea podcasts, clearly not as good as this one, to be here tonight. So we are both honoured and indebted. Um, yeah, I mean the old love sport gig. That was such a, a huge laugh. I miss those days, Dave. Of you, you holding to, holding me to account on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, picking up on your uh, your strange words <laughs> well, and mixed metaphors. Yeah, but no, no, it was, they were good. 
I mean, I've moved back out to Hampshire now, as you know, know, anyway. So I couldn't believe the travel you used to do to do it. But I, I was know. I was just around the corner in those days. Yeah, I know. You should try doing like leaving at five in the morning to do the breakfast show, mate. Absolutely insane. And we are due for a local beer, aren't we, as well, which I'm looking Indeed. forward to. Uh, now, something else you've already admitted you're not looking forward to is talking about your beloved Arsenal tonight. Um, the first, kidding. Yeah, the first thing <laughs> I want to uh, the first thing I want to talk about, because, you know, I, I pick up on, on what's being said in the media and all of that. But I mean, you've done a lot of business, haven't you, in the summer? Um, yeah. Are you are you happy with it, or are you one of these that are all a bit meh about it? Because there seems to be quite a few Arsenal fans that are a bit meh about it. They might have changed today a little bit, to be honest. I mean, I like a lot of what's been done because it's um, we've obviously had a couple of seasons of or a couple of windows where we've been, you know, doing odd deals for elder players, shall we say, for Chelsea or uh, <laughs> or free man. or free transfers. All happen to be represented by the we, same. We've agent. got quite a few more, Dave. Yeah, yeah. You want them. Well, I would have taken Tammy Abraham, I have to say. He was but, keen um, to go too, apparently. Yeah, he was. He's yeah. a gooner. He's a gooner. But no, so you know, so what I like about this window is the profile. You know, they're all 22, 23. You know, they are. We are buying for a, a, a way to play football and a future. Um, and they're not necessarily first team players, but they are they are strengthening the squad uh, today. Obviously, however, was potentially players that will strengthen the first team. So no future for William then? No, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I have to say, I mean, you you guys may might tell me different. I mean, uh, I know he was a bit of a you know, love hate character with Chelsea fans, but he did have a good season. The season we bought him, and I don't think any Arsenal fan, whilst they might have questioned the wages, I don't think they thought he was suddenly going to go from being a reasonably good player. You know, producing assists and, and taking lovely free kicks to this awful, um, and, and unfortunately, it actually cost us. It cost us a lot last year because Arteta stuck with him right through till November. You know, if we'd made those changes in even October, we probably would have been in Europe. Um, but he didn't. He stuck with him. He, he was stubborn. This is one of Arteta's frailties, I think, that he is a little bit too stubborn. Uh, he wanted to be proved right on Willian, and ultimately, he was proved wrong. And he, but he took him too long to sort of admit that. I think. Mm, I mean, it's a it's a good point, and I mean, you know, I I'm a I'm a William liker actually. I thought he was great for Dude, us, you know, wonderful for us. It's wonderful really, for us. It's really interesting that he that he's he's managed to avoid playing us since he joined Arsenal, and he will do mm. again on Sunday. But um, talking about Arsenal, Although he avoided playing in the FA Cup final just before he left as well. I seem to recall. Uh, well, there. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. That is a good point. Listen, um, we mentioned Arteta there. And, I mean, he, he, he seems to be a manager under huge pressure. I mean, I was listening to the radio today and the bookies, and, there was, you know, apparently he's the favourite to get sacked first. Now, mm. I mean, I, I look at this as a Chelsea supporter with a lot of interest because, in some respects, it's not a million miles away from what we were trying to do with Lampard. So I, I, I don't feel compelled to beat you up about this because it would be entirely hypocritical. You know, I I was very four square behind Lampard. I love the idea of what they were trying to do, trying to do it differently, bringing youngsters, you know, doing it a different way. And I, and I, I just kind of wondered, is that really what Arsenal are trying to do with Arteta? And do you think he's really under a lot of pressure? I don't think he's under any pressure. Well, there you go. <laughs> I think he's probably the least pressured manager in the Premier League. And well, why is that? Um, why is that? Because Arsenal don't do that, do they? And I'm not saying they shouldn't do that, but they don't. So he's under pressure from the media. He's under pressure from the fans. He's not under pressure from KSE or the board. Uh, he just simply isn't. <laughs> and I don't think he will be unless we're absolutely disastrously off the pace by, by December uh, with another window. I think, I, I think I don't think he's under any pressure. Uh, from the fans' perspective, he's definitely under pressure. But you know, we don't make decisions and we don't we don't write the checks. So he's got to get it right, obviously. But I don't think he's under any pressure. 
Do they pay any attention to the fact that the, the tickets aren't selling out and that they've been put on general sale? Is that the kind of thing the board pay any attention to at Arsenal? Or? There's a lot of talk about this because there's a lot of people who, who aren't even on the season ticket waiting list get emails from the club saying, you know, you've come up to the top of the waiting list and people are saying, well, I, I came off it three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, there is. I mean, there, there certainly has been. This is the first time I've known probably since we went to the Emirates, if if, 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 if not in living memory, that the, the tickets are on general sale for a game of this, certainly a Category A Amplitude, game. absolutely. Um, that said, you know, it will still be virtually full and rocking, you know, on Sunday. There's no question about it. But no, it is a concern. Um, and this is the one thing that will would change the board's attitude, I think, because that's what happened with Wenger. You know, people started voting with their feet, their feet yeah. and not turning up. And there were a lot of empty gaps in the stadium, which is why the board did make the decision when they did on Wenger after waiting such a long time. But I don't think Arteta's at that point right now. I mean, it's a, it's a really interesting point, you know, kind of like bringing it back into what, what I was saying about, you know, in a way, you know, Arsenal are, are, are really transitioning and are trying to rebuild and in a sense, do it a very different way. I mean, they, they we used to talk about this when we were doing the Love Sports shows about what would yeah. happen when Wenger left, and it could be it could be tricky as it often is when you've had a manager there for a long time. So, you know, is it a case that uh, a bit like Chelsea in a way, I suppose? But I mean, when a, when a when a supporter base gets so used to success, so used to being in the top four, that they just can't handle it. They can't handle that rebuild. They can't handle a season or two, maybe in mid-table, before it becomes really good again. Is that what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I think there is a lot of very spoiled Arsenal fans. Yeah. You know, um, there's a lot of very entitled Arsenal fans, and you know, the the age profile of this particular show tonight. <laughs> we've been there in the rough times in the seventies with both how, clubs. How can you and, tell, Dave? Uh, how can you tell? <laughs> um, so you know, I have a different attitude, and obviously, personal life brings a lot of my attitude to football's changed yeah. a lot as well. But I. I do think there's a lot of entitlement um, and I don't know quite where it's going to go, but I, I think there's a lot of pressure on Edu. There's a lot of pressure on Arteta and there's a lot of pressure on that combination. I mean, Edu needs to redeem himself after a lot of bad decisions you know, in the last two windows. And he's young and he's young and inexperienced in the role as well. So you've got two people in very important positions that don't really have the experience. That said, I think what's in, in their favour now is, and, and I think you might have thought this two years ago at Chelsea, oh, oh, I look at it now, and Abraham's has gone and Tamori's gone. But you know, in Smith-Rowe and Saka, um, they saved us last season. And we are talking about two future superstars. What has to happen, however, is Arsenal have to win in the next two years to keep those two players yeah. and others. I know for a fact, it's not in the press, but I know Man City would sniff it around Tierney this summer before he signed his new contract. And that's not a surprise, is it? He's the best left-back in the country. So there are... There are a lot of young players at Arsenal who are very, very good. Gabriel, I think, will be much better this season than his first season. So we've got this young core. I think what Arteta's got to do is, is get the right experience playing well, that right blend. Party will have a better season this season. Obviously, the Shaka thing's odd. I'm sure as an outside fan base looking in at Arsenal, you're thinking, well, he was gone. He was, you know, he was flirting with Roma. He was talking about, I love to live in Rome during the Euros. And the next thing, he just signed an extension to his contract. He, he but, played fabulously in the Euros, though. He, he was really, really an absolute star. One of the stars of the of the, of the championship. Yeah. Of that, of that. I mean, he, he, is a good, he is a good player. The only reservations Arsenal fans have is, obviously, there's the history thing where he was captain and he threw off the armband, which didn't help. 
But under Arteta, he's been a he's been a rock steady player for us, and he's very disciplined in that he'll drop into the fullback role when Tierney bombs forward, and he's a great team player. My only reservation, and it's always going to be the reservation, it's the modern game. He just isn't quick enough. So he, you know, he's got the great passing ability, he's got the great discipline, he's got he's got vision. But you know, when you're playing in a deep lying role, you know, if if you if you've got the turning arc of an you know of an oil tanker and, and you're slow, it, it doesn't help things, and that's why he ends up in mistakes and, and, and fouls and so forth. So it, it, it's a case of I I think we all hope that the, he would be buying someone that would make party the player we all know he can be. We've all seen him for Atletico Madrid. We know we know you know he's a powerhouse of a player, and he didn't come to play defensive midfield. He he, he did that at Atletico Madrid. He wants to play that box to box Vieira type role. Um, and and we want him to do that. To do that, he has to have a better partner than his partner, a more disciplined, mobile, defensive partner than Shaka. And it may be that Sambi Lukonga is that player going forward, but it's a lot to ask of him in his first season at 21, isn't it? Is this purchase of Ramsdale with a view to dispose, disposing of Lino? Is that the, the idea? Really you know what's going on there? The fans have been really against Ramsdale. And I, I, I tend to sort of be a bit more impartial. And I've, I've interviewed Sheffield United bloggers and, and Bournemouth bloggers. And, and categorically, they all love him. You know, he's just been playing behind awful defences. I mean, they think he's a great keeper and he's only 23. And to have a second choice keeper who's 23 in an England international is, is a great position to be in. He, he's, brought into challenge, he's brought into challenge, Leno. I don't think he's there to take Leno's place right now. Right. But Leno is under pressure, not because of his goalkeeping, shot stopping. He's under pressure because of his, you know, his ability with his feet. Uh, and that's why we brought Ramsdale in. We need to play the play up the way Arteta wants to play. He needs a better goalkeeper. We keep giving too many easy goals away with messing around, trying to play out from the back. And then I was just not confident enough with it. Clayton, you need to see the. No, I, I just, I just think looking from outside as a, a as a twenty three year old goalkeeper who's basically on the fringes of the England squad, I'd be very surprised if he hasn't been told that he will at some stage be introduced as the number one later this season because it, it makes no sense. And I've, I've seen, like, I've been watching the, the absolute horror of the Arsenal fans going, we, we sold Martinelli, which you should oh, never have done. Martinelli, Martinelli. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, you uh, say that, you say that, but, Baton, but he wanted to go. He, he wasn't yeah. willing to fight to be number one. He played 15 games in eight years and he was like, oh, I'm number one. Well, it doesn't work like that in football. No, no, no. You know, Leno didn't want to go. Martinez did. And we got £24 million after 15 yeah. games. It's easy to be wise after the event. You know, it's easy. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I agree with that. But I, I think that the, the, the point is that the fans that are moaning about that, I, I, it's a bigger picture. You're getting a really good young goalkeeper. The fact mm. that he's been in two relegated sides, it's not his fault. You know, as a, as, as a former goalkeeper who played for many shit teams, and I always blame <laughs> them for letting in so many goals, it's not always down to the keeper. But the, the point is that he, he will have gained a huge amount of experience, and it's Premier League experience. And I think it's a good purchase. I mean, it might be slightly too much money, but you know, the, the football world's like that at the moment. So I, I, there is no, no other goal, There's no other goalkeeper at 23 who's played two full seasons in the Premier League. There isn't Yeah. You know, no, and, and I, I think that's good. He's English, so, you know, that helps as well. Um, well I, think, yeah, I, think, I think what might happen is, you know, Arsenal have done it this way for a long time, and I know you're doing it now as well. You know, if we have two good cup runs, you know, he will play all those cup games. Obviously, we haven't got Europe, but we could still have 10 or 12 games he plays, definitely. Yeah. Um, and he yeah. definitely would have been told that, no question. Yeah. JK, do you want to come in? 
No, it's just I wonder what the incidents were of uh, of uh, Leno giving the ball away and, and giving goals away because I've I've seen that he do, do that a lot. You he know, does. You, it, it just even just seeing something on match of the day, you just think, "Hang on, he's kicked the ball out dreadfully." And I'm always confused mm-hmm. as to as to what do they practice? You know, surely the most well, elementary. So I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think it's always on his shoulders. I mean, you know. It'd be crap passes back as well. Well, Mary, Mary's not in a great position. Sometimes Shaka calls for the ball and then when yeah. he shouldn't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And but Leno is an international goalkeeper with a lot of oh, experience. Great, great keeper. He, 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 a great he, stop, should, stop he should make a decision to say, right, I'm kicking that down the flank. Yeah. You know, it's no, there's no shame in kicking it long when you need to. Um, and he did start doing that last season, and then stopped again at the end. It's obviously, you know, I mean, we've seen it. We saw it with. Um, uh, what's his name? The ex England keeper at City. You know they 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 Joe they, Hart. Persi- Hart. Joe Hart. they they persisted with him for a while, trying to make it work, and it didn't. And ultimately, they made a change. And other teams have done the same. Liverpool, you know. So um, well, we may he's, he's definitely under pressure. Yeah, he's definitely under pressure. Well, fair enough. Right. Um, we ought to talk about the game on Sunday, really. And I, I was kind of thinking. I mean, I you know I didn't really see the match. I heard a bit of it on the radio. Saw a bit of it on the telly, but. You know, the general feeling was most people were quite shocked that Brentford did you. I, I kind of walked away from that feeling that, I mean, you know, a, a sense of empathy, really, because you had something like 22 shots. You know, you just couldn't find the back of the net, which is something... Other, top, other good sides would have lost that game. Yeah. Brentford were... Well, they were they were I mean, well up Tom, for it. Well up for Thomas, it Frank, Thomas Frank had the, yeah. had the stadium rocking. Absolutely. Uh, they, they'd done their homework. Ivan Tony will... He may not score a lot of goals, but he'll bully a lot of defences yeah. this season. And good players will, yeah, yeah. Will, will find themselves struggling. Everyone's making a big deal. If you spent £50 million on Ben White and he couldn't even handle Ivan Tony. Well, Let me tell you, a lot of players aren't going to handle Ivan Tony this well, season. Well, we're not, we're not, we're not going to... We, we'd had a chat the other day, obviously, to get to get you on here. And we, we won't invoke Jamie O'Hara again, but that's what we're no, talking. No. I mean, look... Well, the whole talk sport's a joke. Well, indeed. Now, the point, the point really is that, you know, you, you're going to go into this game on Sunday, having lost against Brentford. No no big team likes to lose against a side that's just come up from uh, the championship, Nuts. obviously. So I was wondering, I mean, in, in a sense, is Chelsea the best team to play on Sunday or the worst team? Because on the one hand, you know, it's a London derby. If you can't be mm. really motivated for that in your first home match of the season, then you should pack it in. On the other oh, hand, yeah. we are a rather good side. So, yeah, we've had but we've had we've had two or three years of, of beating you when you've been yeah. a better side than us. Yeah, um, but you are definitely a better side than the side we beat, you know, last year and, and twice was it? Um, and two times the year. Well, before. We, we gave you a goal thanks to Jorginho being a twat, and then we couldn't, you know, well, hit the cows with the, the banjo. The season before he scored and shouldn't have even been on the pitch. So oh, I, we, I remember you and I arguing <laughs> about it at the time. We're not going to go over that again. But anyway, I tell you what, I do think if you're interested, I think. What might happen, and he's done it before, I think he might match up your formation on Sunday. Really? I, I, I think Arteta might go 3 4 2 1. He seemed very keen. Every time we've played, he's very keen on playing a long ball from the right over into the left hand corner, which always found he did that in the cup final. And that you came back and scored. And, and the, the semi final. Yeah, against Man City. Yeah. yeah and, um, and it's something that Chelsea were, were very vulnerable. Um, particularly under Lampard too, mm. but the, but you did the same thing again in the league game, and it worked as well. So I'm I'm looking forward to see whether how, well, you how play, your captain was very it. slow at right centre back. He was or, or, or forward, and that's uh, I think, I think changed, that, that, that formation with Aubameyang on the left um, was used very effectively at the end of 1920. Uh, it wasn't used so much last season. Aubameyang is not 
anywhere near as effective as he was. You've seen that. I don't know. I said 1920. Quite... I was thinking pre-Herbert Chapman. I just 19, thought he was... <laughs> no, 1920, as in the season 1919. Yeah, yeah, yeah. JK was going in 1920, Dave. That's I was the still thing. there. He can you remember know, watching think... that great Arsenal sign. Yeah, I do think that that was a that that wouldn't work again. It's quite likely that Mikel Arteta, as he has done previously against Chelsea, might match your formation and play three at the back. And I was saying that I think it would help Ben White, who was playing in a three last year. And I think I was saying he played. Maybe give Saka on the left wing back and Maitland-Niles on the right with a sort of two players behind Aubameyang or Martinelli, depending on Aubameyang's fitness. Mm, good point. Are you, are you worried about... I mean, you've got a lot of injuries, haven't you? I mean, Aubameyang, Willian, Lacazette, Gabriel, Partey and Ketty are all out, aren't they? Well, Aubameyang and Lacazette are not out, as are I was saying they, Are they back? Are they back? They're both, they they're had, both in... They're COVID, they're both in COVID. They? Yeah. yeah, they're both in training and are available for selection. I think Aubameyang might have a chance of being selected. I don't think Lacazette will purely because it's quite public that he's been made available if the right offer comes in. Uh, Nketia is an awkward one because I think we would have sold him by now for, for reasonable money if he'd been fit, but he's out for quite a while. Uh, Party's back, I think, in two weeks, um, which is a huge miss, huge miss. And Gabriel's a huge miss because Mary in a back four is just simply, he wants to play a high line. That's why he's bought Ben White to play with Gabriel. They're quick. Marry isn't quick, holding isn't quick. So, you know, without, but he needs a first choice and he needs Gabriel back. And so that those, those are the two that affect us a lot, Party and, and Gabriel, definitely. So, I mean, with that with that being said, I mean, what worries you? I mean, what, what well, actually, like, before I get into that, what, what, what kind of threat do you think you'll pose to Chelsea then? Because, I mean, one thing that is, is vastly different from, I mean, you know, I, to be really honest, Dave, and I know you, you'll probably disagree, but I thought we were the much better team when we lost one nil to you at the bridge at the, oh, end, yeah. at the end of the season. We're a very different team. Smash from, and grab, yeah. Yeah, we were a very different team now from the one that lost three one to you at the, at the Emirates mm. last year. When you know you, I think Arteta completely out tactic Frank. To be honest, mm. so given that, um, you know, how are you going to beat us? Well, I think, you know, I think Chelsea were a great side at the end of last season. And obviously, I think you've got considerably better by replacing Lukaku, you know, Werner with Lukaku. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't really understand the money that was spent on Werner. I didn't understand it at the time and I understand it less having watched him for a year. But Lukaku is the class act. Um, so that's a huge threat. And I say, you know, his strength and pace, he can bully any defence, not not just not just a not are not a proven defence is what he's going to be up against on Sunday. I think the way we can we, we can threat you, I mean, who will start as wing-backs for you? Will it be Chilwell and James? Well, that's a no. good question, isn't it? Or Alonso and James. Alonso, Alonso played out of his skin both two games he's played, Super Cup and the league game. Always plays well against Arsenal as well. He does as well. He normally yeah, does score. He sets something up. He's an assist yeah. or he has a good... He scores or knocks someone out with his arm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, falls God. over in front of them, you know, it's brilliant. Well, I, I think if we if we do match you for formation, I think that's going to be the interesting aspect of the game, isn't it? Who's going to be pushing each other forward and back in those wing back positions? Could be very, very interesting. Well, I mean, Dave. Or, Dave I mean, the, the interesting thing about that, I have a suspicion. I mean, if he goes with what he did against Palace, which I think he might well do, given uh, the absence of, of Chilwell, for example, and Hudson Odoi. Who, I mean, maybe he he might start, but there's a very good chance we might have Alonso as the left wing back and Aspilicueta as the right wing back, neither of whom, of course, are blessed with a lot of pace. Well, if it was Saka against Aspilicueta, I would put us, I would give us more of a chance yeah. than I did. Uh, I, I, I think Aspilicueta has been like Ivanovic before him, one of the one of the best signings Chelsea have made. Yeah. And I mean, what a servant, what a player! Yeah. Yeah. But it's like I'll give you a very good comparison. Nacho Monreal was brilliant for us. 
in that last 18 months, just that yard of pace made such a difference at that left back. And I think Aspilicueta is in the same boat. I think he's just lost that yard. He's never the quickest. So he's been a brilliant player for you. And I, I think one of my favourite Chelsea players over the years. But I do think, he, you know, if, if we do play Saka at left wing back or Tavares, of course, who we've just signed, who could play. If we play Tierney as a left centre back, Tavares or Saka would threaten Aspilicueta, definitely. Mm, OK. That's about the only weakness I can see. All right. Well, OK. So what worries you about us then? Well, Lukaku, obviously, um, more than anything. I mean, who will play behind Lukaku? I mean, I, you know, obviously, your uh, your Champions League winning hero will play. He's, uh, he's well, may, well, may, maybe not. I mean, this is this is the conundrum that we have, depending on what what formation Tuchel chooses. But my suspicions are he'll play Werner with with Lukaku because. It's very much, you know, as well as obviously Lukaku being brought to score goals, I still think they want to get a tune out of Werner. And Werner plays better with a big striker like he did for, for Leipzig. And I think Mount will be the other player. I don't think Havertz will start. He didn't start against Palace. Wow. And Pulisic has got COVID, so he won't be on the scene at all. Well, well, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm heartened. Yeah. You know, I think Havertz, is, Havertz and Kante are, are fabulous players. So I'm heartened um, if it's going to be Werner over, over Havertz, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm not convinced he'll play um, Aspilicueta as well, or even uh, I think he probably played Chilwell. I think he's aware of their lack of speed. I think he saw against Palace that they weren't they weren't actually uh, putting much pressure on him. He didn't need to defend much, Alonso, and mm. uh, and I think he'll he'll change it around. I think it'll be a very different side to the one we saw against Palace because he's really on the he's on the ball, Tuchel, about this kind of thing. He's not Chilwell. Chilwell. It's funny with Chilwell because yeah. he's gone from being. First choice to not guarantee first choice for Chelsea and virtually eschewing for England to not yeah. barely playing for England. It's funny how things It's interesting, yeah, because I've, I've actually wondered about that and wondered if there was something that both coaches had seen about him in some way, like whether uh, um, um, it just something they felt his attitude was wrong or something. I don't know. It no, just, don't, 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 don't you think that he basically, with England, he, did, he wasn't involved in the pre tournament friendlies because the players that played in the Champions League joined the England group late. Mm. Oh, just a tiny. Luke, Luke, Luke Shaw was outstanding. Well, he did play out of his skin, yeah. I mean, the the only thing was um, uh, when he played. Who did he play at left back? You know, the old Trippier at left back instead of him. That that was the bizarre thing. Hmm. And I think he's played no football, so um, yeah. I just think the manager a fitness fitness thing, Clayton. Yeah, I think it's fitness. Yeah. I, 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 you know, he's got to come back at some stage. I think he played this week in that uh, friendly. At, Weymouth or wherever it was, Woking. Um, so he's got to come back at some stage. They can't keep saying he's not fit enough. But as you said, Alonso was outstanding last week. So that's going to be probably another game he'll sit out. Mm, indeed. Mm. Well, any any wily left-sided defender, if Pepe plays like he can, he can play. He can he can he can outfox anyone. But he, he doesn't play like that often enough. He was awful against Brentford, um, mm. and you just know as, a, as an experienced defender, you just you, just, you know you show him the outside. Because yeah. he's left footed and he always wants to cut in. All right, mate. So, uh, how do you see it going? Give us a prediction. Well, you know, as I say, because it's because of our recent form against Chelsea and because we will raise our game against the better side. I, you know, I would, I would love to see us get a, get a draw. I, I don't think it'll be a low scoring draw. I think it could be a two all. Um, would be, you know, would be, I'd be happy with two all. Um, I don't really want to be going to Man City with zero points. No. No, um, I'd, I'd love us to beat you. Of course, I would, but I, I think I'd be happy with the draw at this stage until we get our, you know, the key players that we've described back. 
All right. Well, I, I will wish you luck uh, for the season, mate. Um, but obviously not for Sunday. I can't do that. <laughs> um, but also, I mean, you and I need to catch up for a beer, number one, which we will do very soon. No, um, I was just saying to lads, now I've seen your hair, I don't want to meet you. Oh, uh, You've been very quiet about that. You know, when I wasn't here, you cheeky monkey. <laughs> At least it's not grey. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, Ooh. although Ooh. I have to be honest. Although the moustache is... I know, it, it is getting a bit, I tell you. You know, I'm getting a few streaks, but there we go. But Dave, as always, really, really lovely to see you. I hope I hope we get you back on when uh, when we get you at the bridge, which I have no idea when that is, but it'll be later on sometime this season. So that would be lovely, but really we'll lovely to see you. We'll be in the cup at one stage as well. Probably, you never know, you never know. All right, it won't mate. be in a European cup. <laughs> well, that's for sure. But you'll, probably, you'll probably be quite happy about that, though. All right, mate, lovely to see you. You take care, have a good no, weekend. Take care, we'll, enjoy the rest of your yeah, chat. We will. See you soon, All right, mate. Lovely you. stuff. Cheers. Well done, Dave. Thank you. Brilliant. That's the, uh, the lovely Dave Seeger there. Uh, and uh, we will be back in a minute uh, to talk about our version of events for the, che- uh, the Arsenal-Chelsea game, should I say. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football Fancast. Uh, right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show, uh, of course, with me, Stanford Chidge, and the lovely Jonathan Kidd. Thank you. Love to be on the show. Thank you. And the equally lovely welcome back first show of the season for the delightful Misty, Mr. Clayton Beerman, the housewife's choice. Good evening. Lovely to see you, mate. Um, now, before uh, we get on, I've got a little parish notice to read out because uh, our, our chums at Football Prizes or at Football underscore prizes on Twitter have got a new competition this week and it's another three-hander. So it's going to have three prizes this week. Uh, a Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank signed and framed shirt, an Eden Hazard signed and framed montage, and a 2021-22 Chelsea home or away shirt, all up for grabs. Uh, now, it's only going to cost you £2.95p to enter and uh, buy a ticket. You can buy as many tickets as you like, but they're all going to, you know, each ticket will cost you two quid ninety-five. Now, this ends at 7.30pm, on Tuesday the 24th of August, so next Tuesday. And uh, a link to the prize can be found at footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product, forward slash Man United, hyphen or hyphen Chelsea, because basically there's a choice. I mean, obviously none of us will want the United stuff. Uh, I mean, easier easier than that. Uh, it's on our Facebook page and also on our Twitter page at Chelsea Fancast. So do... Uh, get involved with that because that's a I mean Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank I used to love that bloke and of course Eden Hazard who would not want that uh, and as for the Chelsea home shirt well I think I would choose the away shirt that's all I'm saying uh, right now we are in the midst obviously of talking about uh, the Arsenal game uh, for next Sunday obviously we just had Dave Seeger from Gunnerstown uh, very erudite uh, Dave Seeger from from Gunnerstown on um, by the way, boys, actually, it's quite. It was. Re- I mean, apart from I used to, to to do a. Sh- I used to do a show with Dave at Love Sport, but he and I would often be, uh, you know, on either side of the fence talking to Goldstein and Cundy, because Dave knows Jason really, really well. So, you, you, and they didn't realise that we knew each other, and uh, so we would quite. We had, we would have quite a lot of fun at their expense. But he's he's a very knowledgeable chap, is our Dave, and he's quite level headed. Uh, I hope I hope you agree. Um, yeah, very much so. 
Yeah, he's a decent lad. Uh, I mean, you know, it's like all, all, like us lot. When you're a bit older, you've seen a seen a lot more, and you you don't get so kind of silly about things. Anyway, uh, first up, let's talk about the team selection. As you know, I've done my usual bit because now I found this stupid app lineup. Then you're going to be plagued with me creating stupid lineups every week. I'm sure I can just see how delighted you are by the looks on your faces at that. But anyway, my my guess, and my guess is a combination of what what I think it's more what I think Tuchel will, will start with um it's not necessarily what I would pick if 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 I had a free hand but I suppose a little bit of me has gone into it as well um and it's interesting because of course right now at this stage of the season we don't really know what's going to happen but I'm thinking I'm thinking basically pretty much what he started with against Palace with a couple of exceptions so Mendy in goal Rudiger uh Christensen Chalobah uh and then on the uh the um the the left wing back is Alonso, then Jorginho, then Kante, I think if he's fit, comes back in, and I think he comes back in at Kovacic's expense. And I'm still thinking he might play Aspilicueta as the right wing back. And then up front, well, obviously I he's gotta start Lukaku, and I think I think that they're absolutely adamant that Lukaku will get a tune out of Werner. So I think Werner starts. Uh and I think you can't not start Mount, although I have to say, I'm, I, this is going to be a conundrum for me because I'm such a huge fan of Kai Havertz and the thought of leaving him out pains me. But he didn't start against Palace either. So on that basis, that's what I've gone for. Clayton, what do you think of all of that nonsense? Um, but, 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 but. I think that um, Thiago Silva will start. I don't think Trevor Chaloba will start. I basically, I, I'm not sure on the wing. I think Alonso probably has done enough to keep his place. I'm not 100% sure whether Dave or Rhys James will start. James, I, yes, I agree. Yeah, I, I've got to be perfectly honest. I'd like to see Rhys James in the team sooner rather than later because if we finally got a lump to put it ball in the net, then, you know, Rhys James' service is, is infinitely better than Dave's. Um, up front, I, I, I have to say that I laugh when um, people say, oh, Lukaku's going to bring the best out of Timo Werner. I just, I, is, is, is Lukaku playing going to mean that Timo Werner can actually control the football? You know, I, I'm, I'm not going to be on a massive downer about Timo Werner, but I have to say that watching him on Saturday... I was really disappointed. I couldn't see any change at all from last season. Um, it was worse. So, worse. Well, I don't know if he was worse. I mean, he's, he's, what he does is he pulls people out of position, which is which is obviously an asset, uh, but it's not something that you you know you expect more from a fifty million pound striker. Um, he had a couple of decent opportunities against Palace, which. The first one, I can't remember the first or second where he just completely fluffed it. I don't know. I mean, maybe the the influence of Lukaku could be that it takes pressure off of Timo. Maybe Timo has been feeling a huge amount of pressure to score. If Lukaku starts scoring, then the pressure goes off of Werner. He will be more relaxed as a player and perhaps he will regain his touch uh, and regain his confidence. I don't know. But I'm, I'm with you. I mean, you know, if I, look, if I look at the players at start, 
I, I probably like to see Havertz start, but I suppose if Havertz starts in place of Werner, then I, I, in terms of formation, I've got no idea. I mean, I, I you know, and I know Lukaku's really fast, uh, but do, do, does, uh, does two fools think that he needs that speed from Werner to, to create the space? I, I don't know. Because I, as, as I say, I, I can't, I can't justify picking Timo. I mean, this. I'm sorry. I'm going to go off a tangent now. If you give me a couple of seconds, I, I just don't. You know, I, I found it so sad this week that Tammy's left. I mean, I really, really have, and that that's that's not why I've got. I'm not massively enthusiastic about um, Lukaku. I just think it was it was terribly, terribly sad because. You know, I know the politics. I know how much money that we spent on Werner and Havertz and what have you. But picking Timo, and I'm not bashing Timo, although I am bashing Timo. But the, the actual, you know, the the way that Tuchel has managed this team and managed his squad has just been absolutely fantastic. It's been really refreshing. But to basically just sideline somebody and not pick him when we were desperate to score goals, and the the guy who's been our top scorer the last three seasons and just not use him. I just find it completely baffling. And I, I, I you know, and, and, you know, I know we want the, the youngsters that come through the academy to succeed. And I'm not saying that people should just play because they're academy players, but I just think the treatment of Tammy is just absolutely appalling. And I just, I really, as I said, I was really sad. And, and that picture of him holding the shirt, it just didn't, he looked like he was in shock. And he looked like he just didn't want to be there. And, and obviously, you know, he didn't want to leave Chelsea yeah. in the same way that I think Kurt Zuma doesn't want to leave Chelsea. But I think he's going to be shown the door as well. Anyway, sorry. That, no, no. That's, I, 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 that's, I, I, that's started with formation and then just went off. It was lovely. Time. That's why we love you, Clayton, because you just have this unique ability to, to, to do that. And it was really, it was it was a wonderful sentiment to hear. I mean, I think it's a really good point that you make, actually, and one I've overlooked in my uh, piece that uh, I have embargoed uh, that comes out in uh, <laughs> London tomorrow. Because, you know, I, I I was going down the line very much that... I mean, and I'll, I'll share it with you, actually, because I, I just can't hold it in anymore because it's so relevant to what we're talking about. But one of the things that's uh, happened to Lukaku by going to Italy, according to my mate Sheridan, who does know his onions when it comes to Italian football is that he had to improve tactically and technically, as all players do when they when they go and play in Serie A. I mean, remember, you might not be playing against the best defenders in the world, but you're playing against the best organised and the best coach defenders in the world. So it's hard. So you can't... And I mean, he gave me this lovely phrase. He said that a lot of the Inter fans were worried about the fact that they'd signed a player who had British feet. And mm. I, I asked him what British feet meant. And he said, well, like lumps of concrete, mate. Because, you know, there's this kind of theory the Italians have about the fact that we don't have any skill. So Lukaku had to really up his game tactically and technically. And he's become a better all-round striker as a result. So not only does he score goals, but he can play people in. He can link play. He can hold the ball up. Of course, because of his size and his pace, you know, he quite often will have two or three defenders trying to look after him. And, of course, that frees up space for other people. So I was thinking that might bring out the best of Werner. Werner. Uh, I have to say Kerry 
agreed, and Kerry's not massively enamoured of Werner, it has to be said. But of course, the point that you make, Clayton, which I think is very apposite, is that he can have all the space he wants, but if he can't finish better, he's not going to score any more goals. And actually, the reality is, last season, he had plenty of opportunities, having been put through by some great players that we have, to do just that, and he failed to put the ball away. So, actually, the ongoing problem for Timo, until until he gets over the yips, is, you know, finishing more clinically, J.K., well, you have to give him the benefit of the doubt in this period with with Lukaku playing for all the reasons you've come up with, which it take, takes the stress off him. Um, he can make his runs. Um, but as, I mean, I, I, I have to say, I think that since he bagged those goals initially, which were, um, this, and it, once again, the sign of somebody who looked as if he knew what he was doing and uh, and he could he could hit the ball in from extreme angles and had a very clinical finish and a very pinpoint finish. And I thought, this is a bloody good player. But um, if he hasn't got that knack, uh, and at the moment the way he plays is he can't seem, as Clayton says, to control the ball properly, um, I fear for his future. And I think he's only got a limited period to prove himself. And I think if he um, doesn't come up trumps, we won't see him again. We'll hardly see him playing at all unless it's in the League Cup. Um, because he will be passed by because this is this is too good a side. So if he comes up with a winning formula that doesn't include Werner or Werner misses as many open goals or opportunities uh, as he's been missing, then um, uh, I think it'll be farewell. farewell. Um, I mean, what what I what I love doing is is thinking in terms of Hughes and Viali about uh where they'd, they'd get an angle and they'd see the goal and you'd be behind them. I loved it when you watched them and you were almost behind them and saw their th- thought process, which was, there's the goal, I've received it, it's bouncing once in front of me, I'm hitting the back of the net. And so they would they would bap it at the goal, um, for even from acute angles, and the goalkeeper was frequently unready for, for the, the speed and the, the excellence of the finish and if it was on target, it would go in. And Viali and Hughes were very similar like that. And I loved it. I loved that immediacy of, I mean, Hughes in particular, um, control, turn round, ball at feet, shot. The number of times he scored, because the goalkeeper's not ready. Defenders aren't ready for that instance. And Werner keeps having situations where he tries to control the ball and he just gets away from him. Or if he does control the ball, you think, there's the moment. Now's the time to bap it at the goal and uh, he doesn't do it. He takes another touch or the ball falls off, flies off his foot or he tries to pass it sideways. And uh, um, at the moment, he is not um, good enough for the Premier League or playing for Chelsea. So let us see what the whether any alchemy is created with Lukaku. If it isn't, I think he will go down the pecking order completely. Hmm. But it is, isn't it interesting, though, that... The, 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 there is no pressure coming from Pulisic because that, that would be, you would think that would be his natural rival in well, the team. I think it might be Zayek now. I think if Zayek, apart from his injury, gets an opportunity, <laughs> I think Zayek, or you didn't actually ask me who I think would be playing, Chidge. Well, um, well, obviously we haven't had a chance yet. Oh, sweet. Thank you. I get it. Okay. But um, but I think that... Um, no, don't shake your head. Everybody in Give Radio it a Lab, go at me, you know, because I... I... <laughs> 
<laughs> get on with it. I know you've been under the cosh a bit. What with the uh, the power cut? I know, I, just, I know. I know. I know. Sorry, I should be patting you on the head here. Um, uh, yeah, or uh, yeah, yeah. He's patting himself on the head, everybody. Sorry, uh, you carry on because I've. No, no, no. I want. I wanted you to carry on, you silly ass. Carry on with what you were saying. Uh, I've forgotten. All right. Okay. Well, let's have your team then. Oh, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think you'll play, Dave, because I think um, uh, your mate Dave was um, uh, was correct. I think he'll look at it and think he's. Too, I think he'll play Reese James. I think exactly the same that uh, Clayton was saying because he's um, he's quick enough and he'll provide crosses for uh, your man Lukaku. Uh, and I think I don't think he'll play uh, Alonso, despite him playing out of his skin because he similarly has been taken apart by Arsenal for those very reasons. I think he'll play Chilwell for the first first time because Chilwell is a much better defender. And the only other option now we've got rid of Emerson. Indeed, indeed. Is Emerson gone this week? Has he actually gone? Yeah. yeah. He's gone on loan. Gone on loan, yeah. Um, which was inevitable, really. Um, but yes, I think he'll play Chilwell. And I think up front, I think he'll play... Well, I would hope he'd play Zayek. If, I'm, I'm intrigued that Zayek's fit. Good for him. Fantastic. But um, he may just say he's not fit enough and he'll stick him on the wing. Uh, sorry, and he'll stick him on the bench. Um uh, but um, yeah, I think it'll be Mount, Werner, and uh, and Lukaku, and Kante, and um, uh, Jorginho, mm. um, and I think that'll be the 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 option to start with. Yeah. And Kovacic, bless his cotton socks, doesn't come on for a bit. So well, I, I, I to be really honest with you, you know, I I would be happier with that. I'm a I'm a big fan of Chilwell, although I think Alonso's been fantastic. I'm a huge fan of Reese James. And, yeah. I, and I hate it when he's not. Well, oh, Silver, I agree. I think Silver yeah. playing instead of um, instead of uh, uh, Chaloba. Tre- yeah. Trevo. I keep calling him Trevor. He's Trevo, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I would have no grumbles with that. Although, or, or, I mean, you know, it would be. I think the reason why I've kind of picked it like that is I'm trying to get into Thomas's head. And what we do know is he loves Dave. He loves Aspie. And yeah. and, and and I mean, one can understand that he's the team captain. And I think Tuchel respects that. And, and, and Aspie is a great leader, even not, not vocal, but certainly by example. So that's why I thought he might, might play Aspie. He might, what he might do, I mean, because we don't know how fit Silver is, of course. What he might do is that uh, Aspie will go... You put Aspie in the middle. No, Aspie will go uh, take Chaloba's place and James yeah, will yeah, be the, 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 uh, the, the wing back. So yeah. anyway, all will be revealed on Sunday and we will either have a massive amount of egg on our face or we will be clever and genius. Are you going, that. young Chidge? No, afraid not. Not this time. Are you? I am. Are you there, Clayton? No. Okay. No. Have you got a buddy to do your... Uh, we haven't broken the awful news to uh, Clayton yet uh, about the Chelsea fan bite, have we? No, we haven't. Do you want to no. break it to him gently? Uh, gently, yeah. We're doing... Um, two-minute reviews of games if we can encounter each other at games. And uh, you've got two minutes to talk about it, and I'm not supposed to interrupt, but I okay. failed. Mr. Chidge, I didn't do but, there's, um, a, there's a surprise. There's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Huge surprise. But no, I'm just hoping, because I'll, I'll find you at a home game and we'll do um, we'll try and do one. I'm trying to get uh, get everybody to recognise um, everybody from the fan cast so people have an idea what we... In fact, I've just set up a, a Twitter handle with... Um, at Chelsea Fanbite, and uh, it's just a night just to get videos of us up talking about the game because I think people would be nice if people knew who we were physically as well as uh, from an oral oral point of view. So. What? <laughs> who are? Yeah, I mean, basically, it's about A U R A L A U R. Yeah, I know. I mean, we, it's basically about like that one that we did when I was really, really pissed, Clayton, that you told Clayton uh, that you told J K not to publish. 
No, no, it wasn't. It was quicker that he was standing behind you, shaking his head. Is what what it was. No, was that was that the one when we were in um, in in Aussies with you? And we're basically there were three of us sitting at the table, and I was just basically edged out because Chidge was taking centre stage in his own inimitable fashion. (laughs) And then you shook your head. It was an absolute. It was an absolute nightmare. Well, it's like that, but better, because most of them will be without me. That's the point. But he wants to get all of us there. So have you got lined up for Sunday, JK? Uh, no one at the moment. I'll have to find out. Well, have to see who's going to be there. Ping a message in the WhatsApp group. I'm going to. I'm going yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's cool. It's right. cool. And you, you'd, have to, you'd have to think that Martin and Alex will be there, wouldn't they? Probably yeah. Dan. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. Dan! 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 All right. Dan! Okay, let's get back to the plot. Uh, the, yeah, but I mean, obviously, people check out the Chelsea fan bite. Jonathan will do these videos, and he will he will put them straight up on our Chelsea fancast Twitter page. I don't know about the Chelsea fan bite one. Just put it on the fancast because there's like thousands of people. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna, no, no, I just I'm 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 hedging my bets here. No, you don't need to. They, I mean, we had over five thousand views on on the Chelsea fancast page. That's the point. Okay, well, I've set it up now, so I might as well. Should I change it? Call it something else? I, I'll I'll hack into it and use the c word and get you suspended or something. <laughs> <laughs> the c word being chelsea Great. obviously i'd love that yeah. thank you but uh, no i mean it, it, jonathan put some of the chelsea fancast twitter page and uh and and have a, have a giggle at what we have to say i mean we're not like all the others and trying to take ourselves too seriously it's just a bit of fun after the game and it's brilliant i love love jonathan's great just jonathan's big idea for this season by the way uh i managed to talking of hacking into things i managed to hack into the chelsea fancast youtube so ah. this yeah 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 baby and I might have figured a way of how to reclaim it. So I'm going to work on that this weekend. We can put some fan bites up there. We can put them on there. Well, if you if you if you email me the video, not well, just message me the video. If you can WhatsApp it to me or something, or just get yeah. it to my phone, yeah. then then I can put them anywhere you like. You know, yeah. especially if I'm not at the game because I'll have the time to do it and I won't be yeah, pissed. So All, there right. You go. All right, uh, board meeting over. Let's carry on with the show. Uh, right, um, the thing I wanted to talk about, really, I mean, Dave alluded to it a little bit, didn't he, when we had him on, but um, it is a bit of a weird phenomenon, isn't it, that uh, Chelsea's last few matches against Arsenal, I mean, we, we beat them in the, the mine series, but that's pre-season, that doesn't count. But our, our previous one, two, three, four matches against Arsenal, we've lost every one. So that's three in the Premier League and uh, the obviously the FA Cup final. Uh, and we drew the previous one to that. So the last time, funny enough, we beat them was that wonderful match under Frank um, where we won 2-1. And I think didn't Alonso uh, win that penalty or something? Or that was that Spurs? That was Spurs, wasn't it? They, they, yeah. Those two games... No, were- that, 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 uh, that was, I think, the previous season where it was 2-2. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. Anyway, I mean, it's a long time since we've beaten them, which is uncomfortable. I mean, we've had such a... A great. I mean, I. I mean, I. You know, having grown up, you know, always losing to Arsenal, which used to really piss me off hugely. It's been really nice in the in the Mourinho years and Drogba terrorising them that we absolutely had the the Indian sign on them. So for it to kind of shift the other way recently is I'm finding distinctly uncomfortable. But I mean, the question really, boys, is that you know, is that something to be mindful of, or is it a bit of an outlier? Who wants that one, J.K. Um. It's something to be mindful of because it's like Tuchel losing to them when we were all over them. But once again, that was because we couldn't put the ball in the net and they just went up the end. They were awful. But that was the, possibly the worst Arsenal side 
of recent years and we still lost to them um they just seem to have an ability to find an energy against us that um is is disconcerting i however think we are a different team now and i think he's had an opportunity to um assess what goes on and he will find a tactical way of uh, preventing this from happening and uh i don't think we're going to have a problem at all at the weekend as a consequence because i think he's he now um he now well this was at the end of the season you'd have thought that we'd have been uh, we'd have been um in a position to beat them easily but i think his mind was slightly taken off it by the fact we were in the champions league final at the time um but I, uh, as it's early on and i think he will be uh, um analyzing them you know to fuck i think that we will have a a series of tactics to prevent them from um imposing any kind of uh, um uh, um ability upon us that will will allow them to 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 put us under under pressure i think we'll win easily hmm. well i mean I, i'd be interested to hear what uh, clayton says i mean one thing i would add to that clayton and i and i know that you know whenever we do these shows jonathan is always the most optimistic and i'm a bit of a um, a cautious you know i have a bit of a cautious view of it all i would certainly say that Arsenal are not to be under underestimated. I don't think that we can judge them on that that match against Brentford. I I think they just went in there with the wrong mindset and underestimated. They underestimated Brentford, frankly. Um, they've got some decent players, you know. They haven't. We haven't beaten them for a while. They're going to be hugely motivated. It's a London derby. They probably can't stand us right now, and it's their first home game of the season, and probably their first home game with with a full stadium or, or as good as. So they're not to be underestimated or taken lightly, are they, mate? No, uh, they're not. And I, I, I think that Arteta's a decent coach and they've got some decent players. Um, I think just the, the game that we lost at home, um, if you remember rightly, we, we basically completely dominated the game. Kai Havertz missed a one-on-one which but, if, right, had he scored, we probably would have got an absolute hatful. Um, we gave away an atrocious goal. We still had an hour to score. Um, I think we had at least two good penalty shouts, which were basically ignored. Um, I think it was the week before the cup final, not the Champions League um, final, um, Jonathan. And I, I just... It was just one of those games. And, and as you said, they are all, they were the worst Arsenal side that I can remember. But, you know, if you, if you cast your mind back earlier in the season when we lost to them on Boxing Day, they'd lost seven games in a row, you know, and, and they basically, they went into that game, we brought in all the kids and we didn't turn up. And I, I think that possibly was one of the, the contributing factors in Frank going. That, that performance was just so dreadful and so awful. Um, and I think that it, the, 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 the point is, to, you know, on Sunday, that Arsenal, although, you know, it's easy for me to say this, Arsenal will have no pressure on them. And, and, and hats off to Tommy T in his press conference today because he actually put it out there that he said, oh, they're going to go in as underdogs and blah, blah, blah. And I, I think that's right. I think that takes the pressure off them. They're going to be this plucky team, which is absolute bollocks because, you know, they've got, you know, they've just spent a shed load of money. Um, 
and they will have a decent starting lineup. So yeah, I think we we do need to be concerned. I don't, you know, it's just always the way, isn't it? We won last weekend. They got thumped. They got humiliated. Um, but it's not going to be that straightforward. And listen, I I think we bottom line is we should win, but we should have won all of those games that we've lost them. We should have won both cup finals, you know, but, but for some reason they have the Indian sign over us, but they're due one. That's all I would say. Yeah. I, I, I think they are due one. And I, and I think that the, the, the other thing that makes me feel actually JK will faint when he hears me say this quite confident, even though what, you know, considering what we've just said is that I think JK is actually sparked out. He's not just fainted, but, um, it's the, it's, it's the fact that, uh, that you know, this is the perfect stage for Lukaku's debut, for his return to English football, his return to Chelsea. I mean, remember, you know, he used to idolise Didier Drogba. He wanted to be Didier Drogba, and it went very, very pear-shaped for him in that respect. But, of course, Drogs used to terrorise Arsenal because he was a big unit. He was a bastard to play against, and he was lethal, you know. So... I think I think that uh, Lukaku will have that in his head, and I think he'll really want to hit the ground running and impress. So I'm I'm really hopeful that that's what's going to happen. Uh, and by the way, Lukaku has scored for every team he's played for on his debut, apart from Chelsea the first time mm-hmm. around. So you know it, it, he'll be he'll be so pumped for this, I'm sure. So you know. That adding that into the the equation as well, um, I'm I'm feeling quite confident. But I, I, in terms of what the score might be, God only knows. I mean, I, I'm tempted to go two one or three one actually. And I, I, do you know what? I'm going to go out there. I'm going to go. I'm going to say three one. Jk. Um. Well, I have both scenarios in my head, of course, because I'm so ancient and I've seen all these scenarios. Which is that. If I'm completely positive and that we're going to win easily, it could be that, that Lukaku plays very similarly to Werner and the ball bounces off him a lot and he <laughs> falls over in the penalty area and gets sent off for uh, for uh, committing a foul that he had nothing to do with, but it looks as if he was. And um, and then Silva gets sent off and then they win 3-0. You know, there's always that dreadful kind of appalling... Um, uh, um, what was it? Sheffield United scenario from last, what was the team we lost to last year? West, West Brom. Brom. West Brom. West Brom scenario when you can't work it out how it happened. But at the same time, I can't. I just can't see that happening. I I think he'll. I think he'll be too good, Lukaku, and he'll score several. And I think we'll win four one. And I should for avoidance for for clarity and avoidance of doubt here. Jonathan was spot on. Well, I mean, you didn't get it spot on with the Palace Almost. result. You said four nil, but you weren't far off, mate. And I was all going T one. I know you were. You were. You were. You were very timid. I but I know. But give, given that we they have the Indian sign over, so I think it's about it's about time that we we just dispelled that, got rid of that whole that that, that ridiculous um, g- gypsy curse. Yeah. And I think we. Uh, sorry, I'm not using the word gypsy as a in a. In a negative way. Majority way. No. I'm using it as a um, just as something that it goes back into football law is uh, as gypsies appearing and cursing grounds. It's and a bit like my with... use of the Indian sign, isn't it? Yes, very similar. Very similar. Um, 
So uh, other other ethnicities are available. Are available. Yes. <laughs> Welsh. How about the Welsh? The Welsh side. side yeah. Not, yeah. not quite the well, same. I, I quite like the Wel- the Welsh the Welsh curse or the Scottish curse. Maybe. Scottish curse. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, like, like well, Mac- Macbeth, yeah. isn't it? It's Macbeth. Well, we're not allowed yes. to say that, are we? No, yeah, you said it. You must. You've got to turn around, turn the money in your pockets over. I've, uh, I've got any money in my pocket. Oh, no, forget it. We'll be all right. No, forget it. Okay. Well, yeah, whatever. Turn your your mask over. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, but I, yeah. I don't think I don't think it's going to be a draw. I don't think it's going to be. Um, uh, I don't think they're going to be much involved. I think we're going to boss it. Um, uh, I think Tuchel has found out too much now about oppositions and knows how to play, and will occupy space and will prevent them from using their strengths. And we will um, come away easily victorious. Well, there we go. You've heard it from the man himself. Uh, how about you, Clayton? How are you feeling? <laughs> um... I think if we score before they do, I think it'll be a rout. Um, I think if they score before we do, then I'll go for a 2-1 victory to us. Mm, that makes a lot of sense to me. So there we go. All right. Well, let's hope they do do that. Let's hope that uh, Jonathan manages to meet up with one of the fellow members of the Chelsea uh, fancast cult and uh, gets a Chelsea fanbite video. I shall be primed at the ready uh, waiting to see it on uh, Sunday evening. Actually, do you know what? I'm going to also have to. Uh, uh, I'm going to have a late one on Sunday because I'm going to have to write the script and everything right after the game, because on Monday I'm going to Londinium for the day because I'm going to be on Talk Sport in the afternoon on the Hawksby and Jacobs show, talking about uh, the Supporters Trust's new uh, mental health initiative over the line. So there we go. So keep. What so so you actually going into the studio? Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. I didn't have to, but Michael is, and I thought, well, I don't want to be some prick stuck on the end of a Zoom. Plus, there's something who's, else. Who's Michael? Michael who? Volpe. Who? I mean, basically the three people. Okay, yeah, yeah. I know. Me, me yeah. Michael, and uh, Cliff are the ones who've done all the work getting it set up, and now Paul Hay. But uh, originally, it was me, Michael, and, and Cliff. And uh, Michael's taken the driving seat. Really, he's he's got the time basically, but also. Uh, and he volunteers for um, an organisation called Shout, which is like a, a text messaging service for people who are feeling suicidal. So he does great work in that. So he's got a bit of knowledge on his side as well. And he's a lovely bloke. Um, so there we go. So I'm going up to Tune on uh, Monday uh, and I've got other things to do there as well. So I'm going to have to do the script on Sunday night. So I'm going to be pushed, but uh, I will be primed and ready, JK, for the Chelsea fan bite. And if you send it to me as well, by any means you can, I'll see if I can get it up on YouTube or something too. All right, mate. Lovely. So there we go. That's all, all from us tonight. Um, JK and myself will be back on Monday, of course, for the main Chelsea Fancast show. And we'll be joined by Dane Whittle, if he's recovered from being on a stag do this weekend. And uh, the ever so lovely Mark Meehan uh, to look back at the uh, the Arsenal match from the evening before. So do check that out on Monday night. Uh Clayton, absolutely delightful to see you for the first time this season. Brilliant. I, you know, it was quite it was quite sad on 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 Saturday when I was at, at the Palace match because it was brilliant being back and I loved every second of it. And and you I, looked over to I my did. seat and there I was, nowhere. No, well, no, that's the <laughs> and point. I wasn't there. No, I was I was I doing know. yeah, I was looking around for everybody that I know and I know where they sit. And as luck would have it, Tony wasn't there because he was in France. Johnny Dyer wasn't there because Johnny's been ill. You weren't there because you were on holiday, so I felt a bit bereft, actually. The yeah, like no, a bit, bit of a plastic, really. No, I, was, um, I was basically um, 
I watched the game on um, on a sunbed <laughs> with my son. We just kept sort of, you know, the screen kept going off and what have you, but we managed to watch it. Uh, and it was, uh, and Charlie was very annoyed with me because we lost um, the signal. And um, I got a beep on my phone that Trevor had scored. And I told him and he said, he was really annoyed. He said, because... When we got it back, it might have been delayed, and we might <laughs> we might have seen it. But, uh, yeah, but no, it was good. To, it was good to see it. No, I, I can't wait, and I was absolutely horrified to see that the first home game or that I can go to is probably in about a month's time yeah. or something. Isn't it? It's not until the eleventh of September. Villa at home. I've got. Will, will, will the um, will the Carling Cup or whatever it's called this week? Um, will that be before then if we get a home draw? Um, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I've got some massive negotiations to do for the 11th of September because that happens to be my wedding anniversary. Ah, don't worry about it. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, uh, Clayton, lovely to see you as always, mate. Uh, yeah, thanks very much for having me on. No, pleasure, mate. Really enjoyed it. I don't know when we got you back on, but you you'll know better than me. So I look forward to seeing you then, if not before, of course. J.K. As always, an absolute delight. What what was the face for? You're easily pleased, Chidge. Because <laughs> yes, probably, <laughs> but nevertheless, it's true. It's always lovely to see you. I wouldn't do the bloody show if it wasn't. <laughs> you silly ass. Anyway, you've got a lovely message from Daryl Daryl Middleditch, who says oh, on, on our Discord group, he said, Chidge, please congratulate J.K. on his book. I'm really looking forward to reading it. Oh, thank you so much, Daryl. Really lovely of you. Thank you. Appreciate it hugely. Thank this, you. This is the book on uh, on uh, Jonathan's dad, Sam Kidd, who was a, a very well-known uh, theatre and TV and film actor in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. And Jonathan's done this almighty uh, biography on his dad. And it's going to be just out. Volume one. Yeah, volume one. Volume one, yeah. Uh, what's it called? Be a, be a Good Boy, Sam? Be a Good Boy, Sam, it's called. And yeah. it's out in October, we reckon, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so there'll, there'll be a book signing uh, held courtesy of the Chelsea Fancast, of course, who will only be taking a very reduced fee. But uh, I'll, t- I'll take a couple into uh, into the cock and probably give them away. No, don't. get a few. Get, you should do a few signings, mate. You know, we should do a launch. We should do a book. I'm sure your publisher will do a book launch. I don't oh, have your a publisher. publisher's Marco. My pub- yeah, Marco's helping. No, he's not my publisher. He's just helping me. Is he? Who is Marco, your publisher then? I am. I'm publishing it myself. Yeah, Marco's been fabulous, I have to say. Completely fabulous, yeah. as you'd expect. Yeah, he's a lovely really. guy. He's a lovely, lovely guy, guy, really, and, and utterly supportive and helpful with everything. Brilliant. So I am I'm paying him, though, but, you know, nonetheless. <laughs> nevertheless. All right, brilliant stuff. Enjoyed it tonight, in spite of the, uh, the power cut we had in the middle of the show. Bloody hell. Uh, anyway, thank you for listening, especially those people in Mixler. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Hi, hier ist Flo vom Sprechstunde Podcast. Bei uns findet ihr sämtliche Themen, die die Welt bewegen. Dieser fantastische Podcast hier wird ihr präsentiert von Nike. Nike hat sich mit der aktuellen Find Your Fast Kampagne in den Kopf gesetzt, genau dich noch schneller zu machen, noch ausdauernder, noch sicherer. Mit Find Your Fast ist die Zeit für einfach nur irgendwelche Laufschuhe endgültig vorbei. Du bist schließlich auch nicht einfach nur irgendein Sportler. Lass dich von Nike unterstützen und mach zukünftig jeden Lauf zu genau deinem besten Lauf.